0: back to another episode of find your way with your host q chan and on this episode we've been talking about emotional intelligence but at the same time this time i want to talk about real world success stories so let's check them out let's go hello and welcome back to another episode i am super excited because every single time we're getting just more and more listeners my next goal is going to be by the end of the year. Let's try and reach that one thousand mark. That would be amazing. That in a single single year, we went from zero to a thousand. That's just going to be mind blowing to me and for everyone. You know, to be honest, I like, thank you again one more time for all the support. I'm super happy. You know, listening to your comments and uh, I receive quite a few emails from you and uh, always just saying great things about my podcast so i really do appreciate that uh like i mentioned before i don't know if i'm going to continue next year and the main reason why is because i am thinking about also starting a phd so that is also incredibly exciting uh if not i also next year i am becoming well like i've been in japan for 10 years so next march is very, very big for me because it's going to, you know, we're going to hit that 10-year mark uh in Japan and overall uh, 14 to 15 years out of, you know, my hometown. And, you know, talking about emotional intelligence and all of that, uh it's hard and I, I can't even think about, you know, like the last 14, 15 years outside of my house, my home. You know, like most of my adult life has been abroad. And this is... I'm trying to combine all of the episodes that we have. Um, you know, all the topics that we have talked about in the last... In this in this year, basically. And we talked about identity. We talked about uh, self-awareness, confidence. Uh, and emotional intelligence right now. And, and just lots of different topics. And for the person you know for you out there who has experienced something similar to me you know you're born in a in, in a certain culture in a certain family in a certain language but then you start spending time outside of that framework it is definitely going to change the way that you see things you view life you view um work and hobbies and and all of those things is going to I'm I'm not going to say that it makes you a better person but it definitely makes you way more open-minded and a bit faster into thinking about different kinds of solutions this is something that I've experienced you know I'm not talking about people who for example let's say that you are Japanese you're born in in Tokyo, but then you go to Osaka, and then you move to Fukuoka. Of course, it's going to change a little bit of your culture, but not that much. I'm talking about like completely changing um, different lifestyles. You know, like I've I've met several people uh, around you know in my lifespan, people who were born here in Japan, but then in during high school they moved to. Uh, where was it like Denmark something like that and after that Sweden after Sweden they come back they don't feel themselves in in this country in a very rigid country and all that so they have a hard time adapting and 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 so forth so um, it's been it's been incredibly eye-opening for me to do these kind of um, podcasts and these kind of topics so that's why I wanted to you know Think about all the people that have that are successful. I mean, we we can also find success in our own simple things, right? I mean, success doesn't mean being rich, but also like being a uh, a good influencer and all of that. Uh, not also just an influencer, just successful people, right? You can define what success means. You know, we all have a different definition for a lot of things, even though the dictionary says one thing. We might feel that that definition doesn't really go accord our you know framework so i chose four different people that we i'm i want to assume that we all know them because they're like the biggest of the biggest 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 big (laughs) uh and i want to share a little bit about them and in the things that i found about them as well that makes them you know uh Someone to look look up to, and something that I, like the people that I look up to, basically. So we are going to into real world success stories that um, in a way beautifully are going to illustrate the transformative impact of emotional intelligence development. So these stories are going to highlight individuals who have harnessed emotional intelligence techniques to bring about remarkable achievements. And I'm not gonna go and make this podcast incredibly long. I think this is going to be like the shortest. But it's sometimes nice to think about these kind of people. The first one is going to be Oprah, and I think you. I hope. I hope basically that you know who is Oprah. We're going to begin with the story of Oprah, a media, you know, mogul, a philanthropist, an inspirational figure. Now, Oprah's success is rooted. In her profound emotional intelligence. I, I, at least this is what I want to believe. So, through her talk show and media ventures, you know, Oprah has demonstrated year on year on an exceptional ability to connect with her guests uh, and audience on an emotional level. And I think this is one of the things that makes her, you know, one of the highest. Um, over there, like uh, out in the in the TV in the TV uh, market, because we've met other people. Yes, they're also uh, top. They're also incredibly famous, but not as good as Oprah. And why is this? Because Oprah has this ability to connect with their guests. Uh, Oprah's empathetic interviews and authentic conversations. You know, they create a sense of understanding and. Uh, Uh, something that you can relate on basically. So that's why a lot of us, when we see Oprah doing like an interview, we're like, oh, I can relate to that. I can relate to that. And that's because she manages that, you know, she knows how to mold the conversation. So a lot of us are going to be like, oh, that's that's something that I've done in the past as well. You start doing some self-reflection, but not everyone has the ability to do that. She does. Also, we were talking about. We've been talking a lot about active listening. So her ability to listen deeply, ask not just random questions but meaningful questions, and validate emotions forged have forged like a strong connection with her viewers, making her one of the most influential figures in media history. And this is the thing: is like validating emotions. She's not the type of person who is just going to. You know, listen to you and, be, and dismiss your emotion. There's a lot of people who have done that. I've met some people in the past who have d- done that to me, too. And it's kind of like, why is your emotion should be prioritized and not mine? Or why do you think your experience is, is more important than mine? You know, like even though we experience similar stuff, you're making your experience more important than mine. Right. So there are three main points, you know, that have highlighted her emotional intelligence and contribute to her popularity. We talked about one which is like empathy and uh, connection. And this this thing like her ability to make her guests feel seen and heard. This is the thing like you don't need to be Oprah to make someone feel seen and heard. You just have to be there. You have to be there for that certain person, your student, your partner, your child, your mom, your dad, your uncle, whatever, whomever. Uh, Another good part of her is like her effective communication skills. So Oprah's exceptional communication skills driven by emotional uh, intelligence um, have played a pivotal role in her success. So she has this just natural understanding of how to convey complex emotions and ideas in a simple and relatable manner and if you're a teacher out there and you're talking about emotions like think about do some self reflection about that class in which you wanted to talk about emotions or there was a fight between two friends and you want to talk about it and you want everyone to engage in solutions and all of that. Do some self-reflection like did the, I mean the, the class that you conducted was it the best of your ability? Did it show connection? with your students did it show that you meant what you were talking about or did it just sound like oh yeah whatever this is going to happen and we're done you know a lot of people when the principal vice principal speaks to you like please talk to your class about this usually what the teacher is going to do is just literally just talk about it you know like oh hey we received the notice that is being too loud over there in the hallway so please keep it down Right? You're not explaining why there's no expectations from the students. You're not saying, why do, do we have to keep our voices down, etc., etc. So are you connecting with the person or the group of people that you're talking to? Her talent, so Oprah as well like, has a talent for asking, you know, probing questions. And active listening, you know, helps her connect with her guests and her audience. You know, she uses her platform to discuss sensitive topics such as personal struggles, social issues, and self-improvement, etc., etc., in a way that resonates with a broad audience, fostering a sense of connection and understanding. So this is the thing is... Um, I hope that the way that I speak can resonate with a lot of you. I, I'm, I'm hoping that, but of course, I don't have that skill. I have to harness the skill. I have to work for that skill. Uh, I do, have, however, have the skill with my students. Like, I've been a teacher for over a decade, and every year, even when I first started and I didn't know anything, I knew this was something that I wanted to keep doing the rest of my life. The reason why is because it was so easy. It's, it's not that it was, it's so easy for me to connect with children. It's so easy for me. Uh, And that's something that, I don't know, it comes just naturally. I don't know. I don't know if this is something that is innate or this is something that you can, you know, work on. It's just, I love what I do. I love speaking with children. And I think that's what Oprah does as well. She absolutely loves her job. That's why she's able to do what she does. Another one is that she is also very inspiring and, and motivating, right? So Oprah's emotional intelligence shines uh, through in her ability to inspire and motivate others. She has a remarkable talent for empowering individuals to overcome adversity and achieve their full potential. So if, if you're not this kind of person and you don't like those kind of TV shows, that's fine. But give her a try. Just... Watch something from her and you'll see the way that she speaks to others is absolutely beautiful. Oprah, like her own life journey from a challenging childhood to becoming this media, you know, queen serves as a powerful example of resilience and personal growth. You know, I've been listening to just not the top of the top, but just people who have in their in their own eyes. Have become successful Uh, i've seen also some youtubers that i started when they only had like a thousand followers and now they have like 200 250 and they're being invited to all of these things it's just that powerful skill of resilience you know and you know you decided to do something and you don't back down you know it's like oh it's too hot so i'm not going to do it oh it's too cold i'm not going to do it i don't feel well i'm not going to do it like these people i don't see what they what they do in their private lives i don't know what have they sacrificed i'm sure they have sacrificed a lot and it's not that easy but to see them do what they love and continue doing so it's just absolutely beautiful i've seen other youtubers as well working as hard as others you know, and they achieved their 100,000, 150,000, 200,000 uh, followers, but then you see them go away. And the thing is, it's not because they weren't strong enough. It's not because um, they didn't have the time or they didn't have like this powerful Brazilian skill. No, it wasn't that. It's just they didn't enjoy what they were doing. So ask yourself that question you know, Do you enjoy what you do? Another example would be uh, Barack Obama. You know, it's it goes without saying. You know what he what he went through. If you don't know much about him, I do encourage you to read about uh, Obama. It's, it's it's amazing. So now let's look at his story. The forty fourth president of the United States. Throughout his presidency, Obama Obama's emotional intelligence stood out as a driving force behind his leadership. Uh, Obama's speeches often demonstrated a deep understanding of the emotions and concerns of the American people. His ability as well to convey empathy, hope, and unity during challenging times helped him navigate critical moments in the nation's history. By acknowledging and addressing people's emotions, he fostered a sense of collective purpose and optimism. And this was even before he became uh, president one thing though that i would say about him he would do a lot of ums ums ums, ums. <laughs> and i would say like that was probably the most annoying part from from him and when you're a president i think you have to be in- incredibly eloquent when you speak and try to use the least amount of fillers when doing a speech <laughs> this was just funny that he just did that two major points about Barack Barack Obama it was like his empathy and compassion you know like he had the ability or he has the ability to connect with people from diverse backgrounds and walks of life so this was something that made him uh, for me I would say one of the the best in, in my lifetime of course one of the best in my lifetime. Uh, U.S. Uh, presidents. You know, uh, he often demonstrated empathy by visiting disaster-stricken uh, areas, meeting with families of the victims of certain tragedies. Um, and th- and this empathetic approach helped him build bridges across political, racial, and social divides, making him a unifying figure during his time in office. And also one another thing that I that I loved. I mean, other presidents have showed this ability too, but somehow I don't know if I'm being a little bit biased here, but it's just his calm demeanor and you know poise under pressure. It's absolutely beautiful. Like um, it was evident in his ability to remain calm and composed that he has a high emotional. Uh, intelligence because he was always just relaxed or at least he put on that mask for the american people and for the world so whether addressing the nation during economic uh crisis or international conflicts or moments of national tragedy, he would convey a sense of assurance and steadiness and this is something that made him just feel uh at least to me okay confidence and I trust this guy. I trust that he, he's going to take care of me. And that was just something that I really, really lo- uh, liked about him. I'm going to talk about one more, okay? And this is, we all know him. And, and it, it was, uh, we've all maybe, and if not, please do, uh, watch his movies and documentaries. Is Bill Gates. Um, Bill Gates. Let's explore just like the story of Bill Gates, co-founder of Microsoft and just prominent philanthropist so beyond his technological innovations like gates emotional intelligence has played a crucial role in his impact on the world like through his uh, uh, philanthropic uh, work gates addresses global health and education challenges his ability to empathize with those Facing hardships, understand complex issues, and communicate solutions effectively has enabled him to rally resources and partnerships. So by applying emotional intelligence, Gates has made significant strides in improving global well-being. And of course, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, okay, he's one of the top uh, rich people in the world. Why is he not just giving money to everyone? Well, that's not the way it works, and when you read about all of these successful people that are loaded in money, of course, Bill Gates doesn't need anything, and maybe he is missing a lot of stuff. He has all the money in the world, but maybe he's missing a lot of stuff that we have, right, that we will never know. We don't have his skills, but he is definitely someone to look up to. And if you didn't know about Bill Gates, he has worked hard uh, contributing to make the world a better place. So, for example, Global Health Initiatives, where Bill and and Melinda Gates established the Bill and Melinda Gates uh, Foundation. You know, and this is to fight against infectious diseases like uh, HIV and AIDS, malaria, polio, etc. There's also like a vaccine alliance that the that Gates Foundation has on edu- on the educational front. You know, global education initiatives, the Gates Foundation has focused on improving education worldwide, not only in America, but worldwide with the emphasis on educational equity. So they have supported initiatives to enhance teachers' effectiveness, develop educational technology, and so forth and so forth. You know, college scholarships as well, in which Bill Gates has personally funded scholarships to help students pursue higher education. He created also, like, the Gates Millennium Scholars uh, Program, which provided financial assistance to minority students to attend college. Another thing. Poverty uh, alleviation, like financial inclusion. Gates has, has been involved in efforts to promote financial inclusion, economic empowerment, and so forth. You know, we can keep going on and on. Clean energy and climate change and all that. It's just too much that uh, he has done. Uh, this is basically the end of this episode. I just wanted an episode to show gratitude to all of the people out there. Who are doing something for others. You know, the, the three people that I spoke about, all of them did something for a wide, vast amount of people. So yes, you can look at these YouTubers who have over 100K, maybe a million, two million, five million even, you know, if, if you're talking about uh, big amounts of... You know, and you can call them influencers, right? But don't let those kind of people who don't have the background of the people that i just spoken about you know i spoke about people who have a true true desire to become better are incredibly well educated and there's a bunch bunch of youtubers out there who are not well-educated, who are the ones who just Google something and they will promote that. You know, there's a lot of doctors as well online on YouTube that go, oh, you should, do, you should have oatmeal every morning. And then six months later, you should stop eating oatmeal. And then, okay, six months later, oh, you should do this. But then six months later, don't do it anymore. And they have like 25 million followers and a lot of people are following, following this. You know, you do what you have to do you know, do something that belongs to you, you feel comfortable with, you know, but also read about these amazing people that have lived or live right now and you we can follow their steps. It's just absolutely beautiful. We are all trying our best, but we are also human, you know, so don't um, I would say don't judge yourself so harshly you are trying your best yes you can do better but at the same time we all deserve rest you know and we're all we are all not meant to be you know a Bill Gates in an Oprah but we are meant to influence others in a proper way so thank you so much I really appreciate your support and see you next time yes, goodbye